0: You're listening to The Jill Monaco Show, episode number 38. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. Welcome back to The Jill Monaco Show. So the last couple episodes have been a little more intense than normal. Um, The first one that I did in this series was on my Me Too Church Two story. And the next one, last episode, was to the bystanders who are watching something play out in a Me Too Church Two way with someone they know or love. So thank you so much for the feedback from those podcast episodes. They're based on some blog posts that I wrote in 2018. And in many cases, I'm just reading them. So you can find those and the one I'm doing today at jillmonaco.com on my blog. Well, today's Episode is going to be from a blog post that I wrote called "The Twenty Five Signs of Spiritual Abuse." I wrote it in October in 2018 as a response to something else that I learned. I had quite a year in 2018, just learning from different um, sources that different people I loved were going through something difficult, and I learned that I had something to say to them about it, and and not just in a way that encourages them to be angry or put up their fists, but in a way, like I said in the first episode, that opens up your hands to say, okay, God, how do you want me to love? How do you want me to see the situation from your perspective? But you know, sometimes we end up in these situations over and over again, and there becomes a pattern in our lives. And I believe the reason is because we don't know the signs of spiritual abuse. So we stay in a relationship or we stay at that job way longer than we should because we don't know what the early signs are. And so in this podcast episode, I'm going to share with you these 25 signs, and I'm going to list them at some point, and then I'm going to tell you what you can do about it, and so I hope that this podcast episode blesses you. I don't like writing this kind of post. It's sad to me that we even have to describe what spiritual abuse looks like. When I first started serving in vocational ministry, I always messed up, or so I thought. So many times I thought I wasn't submissive. I asked God to help me be a woman of grace in the midst of my independent ideas. I begged God to make me more meek, more kind, more gentle. Then I learned that what was happening was actually spiritual abuse. Is that even a thing? No, these people know the word of God better than me. They went to seminary or have God-blessed platforms and they wouldn't be abusive. Dismiss the idea. Keep working on me. I must be dying to self. If you've gone through spiritual abuse from someone in authority over you or even a dominant friend, you may feel like you're all alone. You may wonder if you're going crazy, being oversensitive, or making too much of the things that rub you wrong. You may be the only person who sees or knows the truth. If you share it, no one may believe you, but it doesn't make it any less true. You may endure persecution. You may lose friends or even credibility. This is especially hard when it's a high-ranking leader. They seem amazing until they're exposed or you confront them. Then they try to make it your fault. Or they shame you into thinking you are the one that's unhealthy and you have no one to bring it to because they don't have anyone over them. So they're allowed to continue deceiving people. And that is so hard to manage in your own thoughts and emotions. In the course of four weeks, I learned about four Christian leaders that I knew personally, or have sat under their teaching, who have been exposed in various areas of misconduct. Two were men who are more than inappropriate with their female staff, which is terrible in itself. But the common thread is that all of them were also bullies, controlling, and manipulative with people. That is what spiritual abuse is – control, manipulation and bullying. It may be physical as well, but I'm not going to address that in this particular episode. I've had to guard my mind lately too. At my core, I am a justice person. I want to defend my friends. I want to warn others. It's so hard to be still and know He is God in these situations. But the best thing I can do is give you a list of warning signs. I want to highlight 25 signs of spiritual abuse so you know you're not alone. And after this list, I'll share some brief tips on how to get through it all in a way that honors God, yourself, and others. Here we go. Number one, spiritually abusive leaders twist the truth to make themselves look better and you end up questioning if you heard them correctly or were misinterpreting something. Number two, Spiritually abusive leaders demand respect instead of earning it. Number three, spiritually abusive leaders betray your confidence and share your information with others. Number four, spiritually abusive leaders say you need to give up your free time for Jesus' sake and shame you if you don't agree. Number five, spiritually abusive leaders don't allow themselves to be accountable or corrected and they bully anyone who disagrees. Number six. Spiritually abusive leaders avoid your request for conflict resolution but are quick to confront you. If you try to bring up things they are twisting, you are seen as unteachable or blame-shifting. Number seven. Spiritually abusive leaders make you feel you can't change churches or you'll miss what God has for you. Number eight. Spiritually abusive leaders demand their way over your free will and scare you with threats to your reputation if you don't comply or shame you by bringing up your past failures. Number nine, spiritually abusive leaders demand to be served instead of serve. Number 10, spiritually abusive leaders silence their critics by making them the bad guy. Number 11, Spiritually abusive leaders don't give you credit for your ideas and successes, but take the credit for themselves. Number 12. Spiritually abusive leaders bully, shame, or tease you into breaking your communicated boundaries. Number 13. Spiritually abusive leaders dismiss you when you no longer serve their need. Number 14. Spiritually abusive leaders accuse you of stealing their message when you grow beyond them. Number 15, spiritually abusive leaders gaslight you into thinking you are crazy. Number 16, spiritually abusive leaders can't admit fault but use the knowledge of others' fault to cause fear and intimidation. Number 17, spiritually abusive leaders have their minions do their dirty work and isolate, intimidate, or manipulate those who don't comply. Number 18, Spiritually abusive leaders surround themselves with the elite and don't interact with the sheep. Number 19, spiritually abusive leaders use their charisma to create a cult-like following that would defend them when they are questioned. Number 20, spiritually abusive leaders create a culture of a popular inner circle. If someone raises a concern, they are put out of the click and other inner circle people are afraid to speak up. Number 21, spiritually abusive leaders surround themselves with only people who praise them, fear them, or submit to them. Number 22, spiritually abusive leaders convince people they can't understand the deep things of God and they need their help. Number 23, spiritually abusive leaders don't help you overcome sin in your life, but discard you if you make them look like a bad leader. 24. Spiritually abusive leaders and churches view those who bring up legitimate issues as enemies. Those who were once friends or allies swiftly become enemies once a concern is raised. Sometimes these folks are banished, told to be silent, or shamed into submission. That's from Mary DeMuth. Number 25. Spiritually abusive leaders lie without a conscience. They see their platform as worth protecting for the sake of the gospel. Whoa, that was a long list. And you probably saw the common threads with control and manipulation. Well, what do you do if you are under spiritual abuse? My advice to those who have been seeking my counsel would fill a book. But here are a few brief things I would like to say to those who are facing these kinds of trials. I truly believe that love will win and spiritually abusive leaders will always be exposed, eventually. First, ask God. In some instances, it's clear that you need to leave. In cases of sexual abuse, you need to go to the authorities. I have heard of way too many cases where criminal activity was covered up by churches and you need to know it's okay to leave. Other than that, You need to make sure you're following the right way to confront an issue. According to Matthew 18, let God show you what he sees. Find out what is your responsibility and what isn't. Second, seek wise counsel. If you're on staff of a church, it can be a different scenario and much more complicated. So it's really important to seek wise counsel. Even with spiritual abuse, there's a right way to handle it and a wrong way. You want to make sure you're in a good place in your heart so you can approach even the spiritually abusive person in love. I'd offer one word of warning. Depending on what kind of abuse it is and what level they're operating at, it may not be safe to confront that person alone or at all. Next, move on well. If you choose to leave the situation or church, remember, those who don't believe you or are still supporting the abusive person aren't those you are called to walk with anyway. End well by not gossiping or sharing your pain with those who may stay. It will only bring more division to the body. Give people who don't understand what you went through the grace to be where God's called them to be. Next, find your inner peace. The truth always comes out. Guard your mind and don't let it take up space there anymore. Guard your words and speak the truth with humility, grace, and mercy. Give God every reason to defend you. Think upon things that are lovely and good, like Philippians 4 says. You will become what you think about, so use your thoughts wisely. Don't let bitterness take over. Forgive and find peace. Two more. Next one, pray for them. Remember, it may not be known to the masses yet because God is still giving them time to repent. Be like Stephen and pray for those who are stoning you. They may end up converting like Saul who became the awesome Apostle Paul. And at some point, it's okay to not pray for them at all. There's no need to stay emotionally tied to a place God has released you from. Finally, don't feel bad. Be prepared that they may not repent or change. And if they are exposed, it's not your fault. Their choices put them in that position, not you. Even if you feel like you should have done more, remember God wants you to manage you. He isn't in a pickle because you weren't strong enough to stand up to the abuse. Because when it comes as a surprise from someone that you've respected, no one is strong enough. If you think you're under a spiritually abusive authority, find someone experienced to talk to. Oftentimes, confronting that person will not make it better right away, and you need a strategy. If you confront it, you will need to be prepared for their response, which sometimes isn't good. If you decide to walk away, you still need to be prepared for their response and the response of others. Having someone help you walk through it will benefit you in more ways than you can even imagine right now. I mentioned a quote from Mary DeMuth earlier, and she wrote a great blog post about spotting spiritual abuse too. I'll leave a link for that in my show notes. I'd recommend you go there and find some resources for healing from spiritual abuse as well. Mary DeMuth and I also did a podcast, which is episode 35, and we talked about toxic relationships. It's based on her new book, The Seven Deadly Friendships. I really think that that would help you a lot if you're going through something like this. And if you need help making some decisions about your next steps or want to process something that you may be going through, please reach out to me for freedom coaching. You can send me an email at jill at jillmonaco.com. I'd be happy to just do a free 15-minute discovery call with you and see if a coach is what you need or if a counselor might be the better route for you. In the meantime, I'm praying for each and every person that finds this post. May God give you the grace to find freedom from spiritual abuse. Well, I hope this episode of the Jill Monaco Show ministered to you today. This completes the series of three that I wanted to do for the people that have gone through a Me Too type of thing or a Church Too type of thing. Those who have been watching it or maybe in the middle of it. You can find all the links of things that I mentioned here today or in previous episodes on my website at jillmonico.com. Just find the podcast episode number and you'll find all the links there. Another way you can help people find freedom from spiritual abuse is to like this podcast, share it with your friends, or leave a review that would just help it organically reach more people. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast series. Next, we are taking a little Christmas vacation break. So your new episodes will be showing up in your iTunes or Google Play starting in January, 2019. Then I'll continue my series with some really amazing female speakers, authors, coaches, bloggers. Oh my gosh, these women of God have some powerful messages for you. So I don't want you to miss a single one. Okay, my friends, thanks again for listening. And remember, love well, you are made for it.